right. All right, guys. Today I am with Emily Kloss. Emily and I met, I don't even know how many years has it been? It's been a bunch of years. About a decade or more. Gotta be, gotta be getting close. Yeah, it's gotta be getting close. So yeah. um, I believe we connected through Great Lakes CrossFit. Um, I think that's yeah. where we first met. And then we've done mm-hmm. some physical therapy things together, um, some different work things together over the years. But recently, she has gotten uh, done more with yoga, and she started an online yoga company. And so we wanted to chat a little bit more about her journey with CrossFit into into yoga, where that's taken her, why she's gone that way, and uh, some of the benefits that she's seen combining kind of the two aspects of training. So should be should be a fun yeah. episode. Uh, Emily, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Is, did I miss anything in the introduction? I don't think so. No. Yeah. CrossFit to yoga. Weird transition that's working it, out well. <laughs> it is kind of a weird transition. So uh, give us the quick synopsis of how that, how that journey took place. Like, how do you go from CrossFit into wanting to do yoga? Yeah. So I did CrossFit for going on eight years. Um, and I worked a job at the time that I had to work more hours. I, my job actually I had changed and they were asking me to work more hours. So I wasn't able to get into the gym as often. And then the gym actually closed and, uh, that was great lakes CrossFit. And because CrossFit was such a humongous part of my life, it was where I spent every single evening, Um, it's where I spent my weekends. I competed. I was a coach. Um, when that kind of went away and it was hard for me to find another gym that I connected to, I felt like very, very lost. Um, it was kind of an identity thing that was gone. And then, you know, CrossFit, obviously when you're working out that often at that intensity, you've got a lot of endorphins and things like that. And, um, it was just gone. And, I didn't know what to do with myself. And so I did nothing. (laughs) I just like froze (laughs) for maybe two, a year and a half, even it was a long time. I'm super like, you know, I've done several of these podcasts now and this idea of the gym being part of your identity is a, it just comes up so often. Yeah. And, And I think it just speaks to the community and how fitness kind of pulls people together um, because it's different gyms, it's different exercise styles. It's, you know, it's, there's obviously benefits and and advantages and disadvantages to everything, but that sense of community Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. it's a pretty consistent theme when I, when I talk to people, Uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It was, CrossFit was definitely one of the loves of my life for sure. (laughs) So the other love Um, of your life, Stefan, your husband, how, yeah. how did he not get you into jujitsu at that time? Oh, I want nothing to do with jujitsu. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> nothing. He, he always wants me to do jujitsu with him. And uh, it's just that, no. So, yeah, I mean, uh, for those of you that, that have obviously don't know her husband, he's very big into jujitsu. Um, and when you talk about yeah. culture and identity and kind of love for what you're doing, he exudes that when it comes to jujitsu. Like it's, it's he sure does. Yeah. One of these, I'm yeah, going to have to get him on. Like, he's so passionate. It's his favorite. It's absolutely his favorite thing to do. And he would love to share it with me. He mm-hmm. would just love. And I want nothing to do with being that close to people. Like the whole touching thing. Interesting. That's yeah. a hard no for me. <laughs> Interesting. 
so how how do you find you know how do you go from again this crossfit high intensity endorphin kind of seeking uh yeah. fitness model to to yoga how's that transition happen so yeah so i spent i don't know it was probably at least a year and a half of just feeling super lost i was gaining a ton of weight because i wasn't working out at all and i was still probably eating the same as i was working out five days a week and um, I was just feeling really, really awful. And I had done yoga a bunch of times, you know, just randomly, mostly for the brunch aspect with my girlfriends afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just decided that I needed to, to figure out how to get back inside of my body. Like I had to reconnect with myself. I had to figure out how to move my body because so important. I mean, we're humans and we need to be moving. So Um, I decided to just show up at a yoga class and it was a yin class. So yin classes are very much where you find a pose and then you just sink into it. They're mostly stretching. They're very restorative. And at the end of that class, we were lying in Shavasana and Shavasana is the very last pose. And a lot of times it's the hardest pose. (laughs) It's my favorite part. Yeah. It's people's either favorite or they hate it. Like people that can't still. Um, oh, anybody who can't sit still, they just want to get up out of it immediately. I get, I get so annoyed when people leave a yoga class, right? Like as Shavasana is happening, like enjoy <laughs> the mental clarity that you're about to have and yeah. chill and let your brain work for 10 minutes or whatever. It's not 10 minutes, a couple minutes, right? I generally try to do between three and five minutes Shavasanas. So yeah, not yeah. quite 10, but if it was 10, it would be wonderful. I mean, 10 is great, you either- <laughs> but I was- you either fall asleep, you either fall asleep or your mm-hmm. mind is just so clear that whatever you've been thinking about, like it's just boom, boom, it's sharp. Um, at least yeah. that's been my experience. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. There's been moments that I've been laying in Chavasana and it feels like almost like I've sunk into the floor and I almost like, it's almost a sleep state, but you're still awake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It can be such a cool experience, but the particular one that I'm talking about, the, the first class back, this yin class that kind of brought me back into my body, I was just laying there in Savasana, like crying, just like tears rolling down my cheeks. And I was like, I should be here. This is, I belong here in yoga classes now. And it was just like this weird clarity moment. Um, and so I started showing up then to mostly to these yin classes for a couple of weeks. And then I was like, well, I'm going to dip my toe into some of the more um, uh, vinyasa style classes, which are a lot more physical, physically demanding. Um, and I started loving those and I was terrible at it, um, but I just kept going. And then the pandemic started and the gym or not the gym, the studio that I had been going to, they pivoted to online really well. And I lost my job at the same time. And so it was like, all I had to do was yoga every day. (laughs) And I leaned hard into it. You know, I just, every day I would do at least one class, maybe sometimes two. And I just kept feeling better and better and better in my body, in my heart, in my mind, um, and feeling those kind of connections. And by the end of the summer, so 2020, by the end of the summer, the woman who owns the studio told me that she was starting um, a yoga teacher training and asked me if I wanted to be a part of it. And I was like, well, I don't have a job, so it sounds good. Timing's right, right? <laughs> and I went for it. <laughs> yeah. What, um, what does yoga teacher training, what does that entail? 
Oh gosh, it's amazing. So it was um, nine months, I believe it was 200 hours. Um, but it starts all with the asana, which are the poses. Um, so you learn um, an entire sequence of poses. They call it the, the skeleton sequence in Baptiste style. Baron Baptiste was kind of the father of the style of yoga. Um, and so you learn, I don't know, there's probably at least a hundred, if not more different poses. And you learn all the ins and outs, how to modify them, what body parts you're using, what are the benefits of each one, um, and then how to kind of move from one pose to the next. You learn all of the, um, not all, cause there's so much, but a lot of the theory behind it, a lot of the history behind it. You start to learn some of the um, like Ayurveda. So Ayurveda is, um, we're all made up of earth, air, fire, and water. And so you start to learn about how your body's kind of composed and what you need to balance things. What else did we learn? We practiced a lot. We did a lot of yoga, a lot of anatomy. Yeah. How did you, you know, when I, when I talk to people about yoga, I think one of the hurdles is that, you know, you hear something like that, like we're composed of water and wood and wind and, um, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, and when I first learned about yoga, right, I was in exercise science and, and that's kind of when I got introduced to it from a formal level in, in college. It's kind of like, this is woo woo. Like I, I just didn't like, the, I, I didn't like it. Like it was, yeah. you know, I'm here learning about exercise physiology and then you're going to tell me this. Um, yeah. now when I, you know, I, initially I was really turned off by that and I kind of avoided mm -hmm. yoga. And now that I've had a chance to kind of like, you know, I'm not, 20 anymore. And I can think for myself. Um, when I look back, I'm like, yeah, they're saying this, but in my, like, I can flip it in my head real quick. As far as, you know, yin is restorative and relaxative. Well, it's, it's the parasympathetic nervous system, right? We're taking deep breaths, we're sinking into the, we're letting it stretch. And so mm -hmm. I have a, let's call it Western understanding of, of what they're saying. Um, mm -hmm. That Western anatomy didn't exist when when they founded yoga. Right. Um, right but I can, right. I can make sense of it. How did you take that as far as like you get into this training, what's your initial impression of that? And then how do you, you know, you're coming from this fitness world. Uh -huh. Like, was it weird? Was it hard to adapt? Where, you know, how'd you, it, it was weird. It was weird, but then the proof started to be, you know, in the pudding or the sauce or whatever. So yeah, I definitely came in there and I was like, oh, look at me. I've got the best planks. I'm the strongest person here. I can hold this thing forever. But then we started talking about the more woo-woo stuff. And I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know anything. This is wild stuff. And when we started to learn like the Ayurveda and we started to learn um, what your dosha is. And that's, so people are either Pitta, Vata or Kapha. So you're either, so, and this is getting way out there, but my husband and I are complete opposites, Stefan and I. Um, he is a vata, and vatas are made out of water and or air and space. Vatas move around a lot. Um, they are kind of like they don't sleep very well. There's all these different things. And I had Stefan take this quiz, and he fit it perfectly. And I was like, okay, that's you. And then I did myself, I'm a pitta. So pittas are made out of fire and water. 
Um, and if you think about the elements, it starts to kind of make sense, but where I'm, I've got a fiery personality, I get mad really easily, but I sleep really well. Um, my skin is hot. I sweat a lot, stuff like that. So then we started to look at ways to like balance those things because everybody's made out of everything, but you have to balance what you are. And when I started doing those things, I started noticing changes in myself. And so that was kind of where that changeover happened where I was like, oh, yoga is a physical practice and the planks and all that are wonderful, but there's so much more to it um, that you know, my, my physical practice can be even better if I take mm -hmm. care of myself in certain ways, eating certain foods, um, you know, in the summertime, I need to cool myself off more because I'll get myself being a warmer person that'll get me super heated up and I get more angry easily. So I don't know, stuff like that reason. Yeah. And I'm still just at the very beginning of it, as far as the woo woo stuff is concerned. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hate to say so it. I hate to say woo woo because I don't want to like uh, it's not meant to be offensive. It's just a different language than I'm trained in, yeah. right? Like to me, like I can't, when you say, okay, it's, I'm made of wood and water. I'm like, it doesn't make, you know what I mean? Like it, it doesn't, it doesn't relate. Um, yeah. And yeah. I can't help, but then try to figure out, okay, what's the neurologic connection to that? Right. Like oh. if you did um, like, if you compared that to a person, the test you took to see which uh, I can't remember the names, but if you, took it to, yeah, <laughs> do they correlate with like a personality test, like different type A, type B personalities or introverted, extroverted? Um, are they, um, are they linked at all? Do you, do you see those connections? Maybe a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. So um, people who are kaphas, um, they're made of water and earth. And so that's somebody who likes to sleep a lot. They'd prefer a yin class. They usually have bigger features, like they might have bigger eyes or teeth or something. They might be taller, bigger boned. Um, and then those people are definitely usually more calm. Um, they usually don't have anxiety. They're usually, you know, so some of those um, more personality traits. And then people who are pittas like me tend to be more outgoing, more outspoken. Um, and then people, Vada's like Stefan, um, tend to have a little bit more anxiety. They're more excited about things. They're ready to go get after it. Right. Um, so yeah, yeah, there are some connections there. So yeah, to me, I, I immediately go, all right, well, parasympathetic nervous system and an autonomic nervous system are background kind of base thing. You got your parasympathetic, which is rest, digest. Those people are calmer. They're a little more laid back. Their anxiety is not as high. And then you got your sympathetic, which is your fight or flight mode. And people that are kind of predominantly in that sympathetic state all the time, they're always up, right? They're always up here. Their personalities yeah. faster. They get anxious quicker because their, their system's high. Right. And um, right. the connections there, the similarities there are just, to me, it, people looked at it from two different dimensions of kind of analyzing the human, but it, uh -huh. it, to me, it feels like the modern and, and I don't know if this is, this, is it Eastern medicine? I mean, where, I don't know the origination yeah, it, of it, but Eastern, yeah. so you look yeah. at where Eastern medicine kind of came into it. Now how Western medicine kind of back around to it, they kind of end up in the same place. Um, they do. Yeah. Very different words, very different terminology, different language, mm -hmm. but a lot of similarities. Um, and anytime, in my mind, anytime two different groups 
kind of find the same conclusions. There's there's something to that, right? Like sure. attacked yeah. it very differently, mm-hmm. different science, complete different science and theology, but kind of sort of got to the same place. Um, yeah. And taking different approaches to heal it too. Yes. So speak to that. What do you mean by that? Um, so with Ayurveda, a lot of times you're going to try to like eat different foods. So for somebody who's Nevada, you know, they're going to want to eat grounding foods. So like root vegetables and things like that are very, very good for them. Um, so that would be kind of one way of healing or also somebody who's like a Pitta or a Vada, they want to work out in a way that's opposite to what they want. So you know, where I want that strong, I want that CrossFit. I want to be high energy. I want to be, um, sweating a lot. I want it to be fast. I like spin classes. What I really need is more of that yin, you know, really sinking into my body and taking things slower where somebody who all they want to do is just lay on their back and stare at the ceiling in Shavasana. They should probably take a vinyasa class and get a little bit sweaty. So you kind of need to balance things out by doing the opposite and then you'll become a more whole balanced person ideally (laughs) yeah so the food piece is a little different for me but like from a workout perspective makes total Mm -hmm. sense somewhere in Mm -hmm. my history of writing random articles we talked about like the sympathetic driven person tends to trend towards high intensity classes right because they like it they like that high energy so they're the person you find in a crossfit gym yeah And then the person that's more chilled, relaxed, you find them in in events that are more relaxed, but really we probably need to stimulate our body the other direction. Um, Right. And again, we're speaking the exact same, we're getting to the same end point. It's just different language to to get there. Um, Yeah. The grounding root vegetable thing, does that get into like the concept of grounding, like these earth mats and getting the earth's energy and all that kind of stuff? Is that the same thing? Walking outside barefoot. Yeah. yeah. Is that, you wear the, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've, I've, uh, what do I want to say? I've kind of perused that world. I don't understand it, but I think yeah. there's some things that obviously make sense there. Um, yeah, we know that, yeah. like, if you look at vitamin D synthesis, and you know, you need the sun. And so there's definitely we're connected to the environment and in, in how we, mm-hmm. we heal and develop, you know, different vitamins, minerals. But as far mm-hmm. as like, plugging a mat into my outlet so that I can convert the earth's energy through this grounding mat. I don't know. What do you think? Have you, I think, I mean, a grounding mat that you're plugging, I don't know, to me, that feels a little bit like somebody selling somebody something, (laughs) but I do think that there are benefits to literally walking outside in your bare feet and standing with your feet planted in the grass and feeling the energy of the earth connecting to you or, um, you know, spending time walking in nature, spending time in the woods, you know, taking your headphones off, not listening to a podcast, but actually being there. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's healing. That's medicine in a lot of ways. Yeah. And, I, and whether it's like the actual energies, you know, it's all still pretty new to me also, but I feel it. I've not known anybody to change their entire life because they take walks in the woods every day but maybe they have also i don't know i'm sure i'm sure it does exist um yeah you know and i can always speak to personal experience here but like you give me a few days of just doing nothing but fly fishing 
and mm-hmm. my outlook on life is different for that that window of time right because it right. whether it's an energy or it's you know i was able to get out of my sympathetic state or you know however you want to say it like there's yeah. something to just kind of being a part of just relaxing and listening to nature and all that kind of stuff it, it calms your brain somehow mm-hmm. or another yeah um, but and as a society we just don't do it enough at all no no because it doesn't uh, it's not you're not going to make money right like you're you're mm-hmm. not going to make money to the average person and even in the fitness industry right it's all about aesthetics and weight loss and putting on more muscle so where does this idea of you know the parasympathetic system kicking in or, or grounding however you want to phrase it how's mm-hmm. it fit in to that um marketing that we've all been told right it's all more more right. more 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 where that conversation's right. less um, yeah and and i know that you you've done some i don't know are you still doing any of the like the actual health coaching side or you pretty much transition that to towards yoga uh right now i'm really focusing on the yoga mm-hmm. side of things um i definitely want to bring my nutrition coaching in back into it at some yeah. point but um for right now i'm just trying to map i mean can you ever master yoga no but i'm just trying to master the basics you focus know, yeah to, focus on the goals. yeah yeah i was just curious yeah. if you if you've, and maybe this comes up even with, with your yoga stuff. I mean, have you ever, do you have these conversations with clients and, and is that a part of your system at all? The, the... Not currently. No, no. Okay. I've done a curious. lot. My, a lot of my nutrition coaching was more CrossFit based where I was working on, you know, enhancing performance or helping people to, you know, dial down their macros to figure out exactly how much they should be eating to support their workouts or to lose some weight or whatever their goals were. Um, but I haven't tapped into the, you that know, side of it. no, yeah, it's pretty interesting. I feel like the more I learn about nutrition, it's almost like there's two camps of this like performance world and build, 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 build. And then there's this uh-huh. longevity world, which is like caloric restriction, turn off insulin for a while, all this kind of stuff. Um, and, and yeah. I think it's about, right. It's going to be a balance again of we need growth periods of growth and we need periods where we're not growing. Um, mm-hmm. but it's, again, it's just one of those interesting things. One of the things that I found to be super interesting with yoga Um, and doing yoga is I've been a lifelong dieter. You know, my mom taught me how to diet when I was probably in middle school. And ever since then, I've tried every single diet that there, there is on earth. Mm -hmm. And since, uh, really doing a lot of like practicing daily, um, my desire to diet or to eat in a certain way has, like, I don't even think about it anymore. I am continually just like, does this feel good? Is this what my body needs? It's asking more of the questions of, you know, what feels good? What do I need? Am I hungry? Is this the food that's going to satisfy me right now? And then it's more intuitive based, I guess you could say, rather than finding a, or feeling like I need to follow a strict program. And I've honestly never felt more connected to like how I eat or better about it which is interesting to me. Why do you think yoga triggered that? I think because when you're practicing yoga, you have to listen to your body so much. Um, and then you also, you're, you're both checking in and checking out in a certain, like you're in a certain pose and it's difficult. So you're thinking to yourself, 
do I need to back off of this pose right now? Or do I need to work a little bit harder to get into it deeper? And it's that continual checking in with yourself to know what you need in the moment that you take that off the mat and it becomes more intuitive second nature with other things. Interesting. So you're, I mean, almost taking that as like a mental brain training kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is what I've found yoga to do is the things that you learn on the mat, like speaking nicely to yourself. You know, if you're trying to hold some kind of a balancing pose, if you sit there and curse yourself out and tell yourself that you're a loser, you can't do it. Well, you just, you definitely can't, you know, you'll fall Mm -hmm. all over the place. But if you try to hold the same pose on the other leg a minute and a half later, and you say nice things to yourself, like you can do this, you've got that. It's okay that you're wobbling, you know, whatever. It changes everything. And then you might bring that back later on in the day when something's happening and you catch yourself saying, you can't do that. You suck. Try, you know, Mm -hmm. and instead you remember that, oh no, in my practice, when I made that changeover, I did better. And I see it happening all the time. So it's, yeah, the practice on the mat, I see showing up off the mat all the time. The mental game all comes back down Mm -hmm. to the mental game. Mm-hmm. but then it's mm-hmm. all t- you know the mental game is all tangled into the physiology of what's happening in your brain at that moment too so it's right a, the more yeah it just the deeper you get into understanding the psychology and physiology and ah, just fascinating slash it is fascinating. all of a sudden you're like man as much as i think i know i don't really know much of anything <laughs> Every day, every day, the more, you know, right. <laughs> the more I know, the more I'm like, I don't know anything at all, exactly. um, <laughs> which is so cool. You know, it is, it's a it's limitless. <laughs> there was an old Eric Cressy quote that I, I think I was just getting out of PT school or something like that, but it was something along the lines of, you know, when you find something out and you realize you've been doing it wrong, like there's this instant, like, Oh, you're upset that you've been doing something wrong, but there's also this like idea that you've grown. Right. And so, yeah. If you're still doing this, I think the quote was something along the lines of if you're still doing what you're doing five years ago, then that means you haven't grown, right? You haven't learned anything. So just getting used to that idea of you're going to learn Very new stuff. True. You got to be upset with the fact that you don't know anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and actually this week in my, my, my digital yoga studio, I'm studying uh, powerlessness and the power that the ego has your ego to keep you powerless. Um, because the ego tells you that you already know stuff that you're already there, but the truth is, is that you can never be there because like we just said, there's so much, whatever it is, there's so much, there's so much deeper. There's so much to know. There's so much to try. Um, and so your ego can really keep you stuck in a place of non-grow, not growing, which leaves you powerless. So you mentioned you're, you're doing this as part of your online program. What? Mm -hmm how are you incorporating this mental side into the online? Like how, how is that? So that's kind of interesting for me because I've lots of yoga teachers come into yoga and they want to teach, you know, um, they always have quotes at the beginning of class or some kind of a theme that they're talking about. And that's actually something that I've personally struggled with. Um, because I've come into this from the physical aspect where I've wanted to build strength and flexibility and teach people to do that because that's what I know from my past. 
Um, so more recently and in my digital studio, I'm trying to connect the, the poses and the flows that we're doing to, you know, bettering yourself in some way. Um, and actually I've been using a book called the Yamas and the Niyamas, um, which is kind of a book of restraints. So like things that you should not do, and then also things that you should do to kind of have a well-balanced, well-rounded life. Um, and so this month I'm studying in my digital studio is it's called ahimsa and that means nonviolence. And so you find nonviolence in a lot of different ways, um, through balance, self-love, um, becoming more powerful, letting go of powerlessness, letting go of the ego, um, because all of those things, I mean, violence, for, like nonviolence, like hitting people, but, um, you know, violence is speaking to yourself in a tone that you don't deserve or um, acting in a certain way that uh, brings down the, the, uh, the feeling in a room. You know, sometimes if you aren't practicing self-love and, you know, your people are angry at themselves or whatever, and you bring that home and then you're not nice to your kids or you kick the dog or whatever. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. uh, so just studying all those things, um, this month and then each month, it'll be a different Yama or Niyama that I'm going to be studying. So, and so you're focusing on that with, with the pro uh, not program is not the word, with but the with practice. the class structure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. that's, um, I'm trying to think, are there any other, like I feel yoga is kind of front of mind of connecting that mind body connection mm -hmm. with, within the practice, right. Within a single session, mm -hmm. are there any other fitness, like, you know, in CrossFit, you got kind of the hero workouts where you, you kind of take that moment of reflection. Um, yeah. but it, it, that's a, it's not so much an internal assessment. Um, no, I mean, I, anytime that I've ever run in my life, I pray to God that it ends soon, but I don't think that's quite the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, um, I, you know, this, this mental connection to movement and exercise, like I was doing running and I kind of, you know, I, in my past, I ran a decent amount, um, yeah. you know, moderate distance kind of stuff, done a couple of half marathons. And I always kind of enjoyed that like struggle piece. And then mm -hmm. probably let's call it six months ago, right. I start getting kind of like where I'm running pretty consistently again. And I started to realize like, I was kind of wimpy about how quick I wanted to stop. Like I just oh. didn't have that kind of kick to want to push through kind of discomfort a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and so I wonder how much of that's trained, right? Like, and then how much does it carry over? Like you're saying, how much does that carry over into your real life? Like, you know, you've been getting pushed hard, 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 hard. And then you don't have that desire to kind of kick it up a level. Um, right. But I think it's interesting that in yoga. It. I mean, I think there's, I think that's some of the Wim Hof stuff with like the ice, right? It's a mental test. Uh, mm -hmm. I think endurance events are a mental test. Mm -hmm. and, and like you're saying, I think it's interesting that yoga kind of puts it at the, like, you can kind of think about it with these other endeavors, but yoga puts it right in your face. Like we're going to, mm -hmm. we're going to talk about it and, and assess mm -hmm. it through the class. Um, I, I don't know that I've, like, I've done a, I don't know a smattering of yoga classes. I don't know that I've a lot of times people talk like you're saying there's some story or some topic of the class. 
mm-hmm. but I don't know. It's been so intro introspective where you're thinking about yourself. Yeah. What? And it can be hard. I mean, throughout a practice, you know, we think about mindfulness and, um, coming back to your intention or whatever that you set at the beginning of practice. So, and we call it a practice, right? So, you know, throughout the 45 minutes, hour, however long it is that you're in a yoga class, you're practicing. So if, if your intention was to only be kind to yourself throughout the entire practice, then it's the point is to notice the moments that you're not and bring it back or whatever the intention that the the teacher sets is to notice and then bring it back to that intention. So it is that practice piece, which you could do with running or anything else. If you set an intention at the beginning of it, by the end, what did you get out of it? You take, take a look back and see. Yeah. I find myself going, why can I not do any of this? (laughs) That's that's my practice. That's my my yoga experience, right? Like, why am I so bad at this? Um, Or that's not a thing. There's no no good or bad. Sure. Um, (laughs) And then I find myself going, why am I sweating so much? I'm not even moving. (laughs) Like, that's the other, uh, that's the other part of it. That's always. Yeah. Yeah. So I am. Oh, God. No, no, go ahead. Um, I don't know what I was going to say. I, inter- I interrupted you. That's okay. <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> it's gone. So why online? Like why? I mean, I think there's, there's advantages and disadvantages online. Why, why did you decide to go that route? Yeah, I'm not a, exclusively online. I do teach um, in person um, five times a week. So I do teach in person at some point I may end up opening a studio. That is a dream of mine. Um, I think current climate just makes it difficult as a new teacher to open anything. But beyond that, um, I, because of my experience, um, with COVID shutting everything down and me taking my practice online, that's really where, um, I found my love for yoga and it's what kept me consistently doing it every single day. So I don't, you know, my online studio isn't something that I think people should only be doing. Um, I think that, you know, anybody who practices yoga should also be taking in-person classes because there is magic in those classes. Um, but if you want to have a consistent practice, if you want to really dig in, if you really want to see what you're made of, then doing it every day is a discipline that I want to help people with. So online can just bring it home. It can make it happen at any point in time. And that's why I wanted to do it online. That's very interesting. And, you know, I've, I've honestly not done any virtual yoga. Uh, mm-hmm. I think my experience, and this is where, you know, your personal bias always plays in. When I first was introduced to yoga, it was in, it was in college, right? And we were in like a gym, uh, an aerobic studio kind of setting. And it was kind of woo woo. We didn't really do much. And I was like, this is dumb, right? It was everything yeah. I thought it was everything that like kind of those negative connotations that I kind of brought to the class. And then it was every one of those things. And then when I, when I went to my first, like I went to a yoga studio and then was in that setting, was in that atmosphere, um, with, you know, just being in that group. And all of a sudden it was like, oh, 
this is why this is why people do yoga, right? Because yeah. you could kind of whether it's, you know, the energy of the room or, or whatever, but you were immersed in it. And it, mm-hmm. it was, it was a different feeling altogether. Mm-hmm. And so my initial response to like online yoga is like, you're missing that whole environmental piece, like it's being in that room and the uh, whether it's the movements or the sounds or I don't know, the temperature. I, I, it's interesting. Yeah, there is 100%. And sometimes in a yoga class, everybody's breath sinks up and mm-hmm. it sounds like there's an ocean coming through the room. And it's one of the most powerful, exciting things. Like I have goosebumps talking about it. Um, and you definitely do miss that uh, when you do that at home, which is why I would never want people to stop practicing in person. Um, but when you are at home, you can take it to more a meditative spot. You know, you, there is nobody else in the room. It's all about you. It's 100% about you. And just showing up on your mat for yourself is a discipline. Showing up for yourself, period, is something that most people don't do at all. So whether it's five minutes of movement or 60 minutes of movement by yourself at home is just a commitment that will change your, I believe it'll change people's lives. Yeah. You use that word Mm -hmm. discipline. And that was kind of the, when you were talking about the ability to do it every day and check in with yourself every day, it Mm -hmm. it reminded me of uh, just that discipline aspect of, of that. And um, you know, I talk with Phil Weigel all the time at CrossFit CLE and he did the, the Murph everyday thing. And, uh, so the Murph workout Murph every day, he did Murph every day for a year. Oh my gosh. Right. So <laughs> if you're not familiar with Murph, it's wearing a 20 pound vest, run a mile, 300 body weight squats, 200 pushups, 100 pull-ups, run another mile. And so he did at least, at least one Murph every day for an entire year. That's and and when I first, like, he first told me he was going to do this. I'm like, this is stupid, right? You're, why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. And the conversation began to, to come about, about discipline, right? Like, mm-hmm. can I, do I have the discipline to do it every day, make time to do it every day? Uh, and, and when you talk with him, like the things he learned from that, uh, you know, there's, you can, you can just tell that there was a lot of value to that to him. And I don't think everybody should or needs to do a Murph every day. <laughs> But I like yeah. what you're saying, right? Like it's a restorative, it's a meditative kind of state uh, yeah. that, that you can kind of visit every day. That's, that's super interesting. It's something that um, I probably need to check in on myself. Yeah, yeah. Whether it's showing up for five minutes to just do a forward fold, you showed up for yourself for five minutes and did a forward fold. Like that's a great thing that you might not have done otherwise. Um, and then obviously there's more physical benefits longer you do a practice but then there's also the mental like sometimes it's you're sitting down and just doing a meditation which is so difficult um and something that i want to learn more about um meditation but yeah all of it is meditative even doing the murph i'm sure is meditative in some ways mm-hmm. yeah he would he would talk about that and and i think there's a lot of meditation is something that i i think i will explore at some point um mm-hmm. you know when you listen to podcasts like um uh, what's his name ferris tim ferris it's one of like the the biggest things he when he talks to all these successful people meditation is one of the things that they all do like it's a consistent mm-hmm. practice for all of these these highly successful people um and and i'm currently of the mindset like 
I want to do something while I'm checking out a little bit, like I'll tie flies or, or I'll do some stretching kind of stuff or whatever. Yeah. Um, but that's something I think I need to explore personally, as far as sitting still for a long time is challenging. Oh, absolutely. 100% challenging. It's one right. of the most challenging things, <laughs> Right, which is why people skip Shavasana. Totally. 100%. <laughs> or they do crazy things. I mean, I see people all the time. I'm like, what are you doing right now? What do you mean? We're laying down. Like people do headstands. They'll just during... start doing it during Shavasana. <laughs> hmm. Or they'll, they'll roll around on, I mean, people do all kinds of stuff and it's fine. Like if that's what they want to do, I'm not mad at it. I'm just, but it's so hard is the point to like, just sit and be. Yeah. It's a, so it's a challenge. Mm -hmm. I saw a thing from, uh, you know, Ido Portal, you know, that name mm -hmm. No, he's, he's out of Israel. He's like a capoeira movement expert. And he's got oh, this, cool. I forget. It's like the movement. Uh, I can't think of the name of it anymore. Anyway, it doesn't matter, but he's all about movement, right? Yeah. I mean, when you talk about watching somebody move, it's incredible. And then I think it was last year. I saw a thing where he's now trying to sit and stare at a ceiling for 30 minutes because it's, and he, he said something along the lines of it's the hardest mental challenge I've had is just to sit and stare at the ceiling. It's so hard. It it's is so hard. Being injured. still is the hardest thing. <laughs> and, and I think we're conditioned to avoid that, right? Like, Oh yeah. But I think it's yeah. different from, you know, checking out and watching Netflix for 30 minutes is not the same as kind of just being still with your own thoughts for 30 minutes. Like it's not the same checkout. But I, not even a little yeah yeah and i don't know how how that's explainable or probably need a, a psychologist or somebody a heck of a lot smarter than myself to figure that one out but there's something yeah. different you where your mind well, it goes. keeps you busy your mind is busy when you're watching netflix or when you're checking your phone or when mm -hmm. you're reading something or whatever even if you're not moving um, right it's a distraction with your own intrusive thoughts and you know the, we always say and i say when i'm teaching yoga is like you know if you, if a thought comes in, notice it and then let it go. Tell it that I'll be, we'll be, we'll be back. But right mm -hmm. now I'm not thinking about you. Um, and it can be done. I mean, they keep coming, you know, then the next thought and then the next thought. But the point is, is to, to notice it and say, we'll be back later. I'm doing yeah. this right now. <laughs> I don't think, right. It's not that it's bad that those things come in. Right. But if you know what to do with them, right. Then that, that's interesting. Yeah. 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 Very cool. All right. So this was fun. I want to, I want to start mm -hmm. to wrap up. Um, what do you think, what are the goals for your online program? Like, where do you want to see it go? And what do you think is going to be happening? You know, if we had this conversation again next year, what do you think will be different or what do you hope that's happening this time next year? Yeah, I really want it to become more of a community. Um, I host my studio on Patreon. And so there's opportunities for people to talk to me through comments and then also to other students. Um, I'm going to be, I did my very first live online class last week. So I definitely want to be doing more of those um, and bringing the people that are um, taking my recorded classes and bringing them together. Um, I'd like to be doing more workshop kind of things. I really like visioning and doing vision boards. Um, I'm big on goal setting and self-improvement and reading books and stuff like that. So I want to bring all that kind of stuff, even if I do a book club 
Um, I want it to really feel like a studio that you would go to, mm-hmm. but just online. I wanted to have all the elements and aspects of things that people love about an actual yoga studio. Right. And, and kind of as we started, right, that, that feeling of community, that feeling of culture and belonging to, if it's going to mm-hmm. be successful, it has to have that, I think, if it's mm-hmm. from a fitness standpoint, it has to somehow yeah. tie in. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. super excited to see where this all leads you. Um, like I said, Thanks. we've, I've known you and Stefan for, for some time and, um, you've always been so passionate about health and fitness and wellness. And so I'm excited to see you go down this journey at, and, and yeah. wherever, it, wherever it ends up, it ends up, but it's really cool to, to kind of see you taking that challenge. Thank I think you. I've never felt more aligned in my life. Like I definitely yeah. feel like I'm doing the right thing. It's just making it happen, keeping one foot in front of the other, because that's the hard part. <laughs> it really is. And, and we've talked about this uh, in other times, uh, like just that challenge of you're putting in all this work and then you got to kind of just trust the process and, and right. um, whether it's a business or it's your own personal health journey, right? Like trusting the process is tough when you don't, when you don't see that like instantaneous change, which mm-hmm. we all want, but uh, it's, it's a, just it's a journey. Like a yoga practice. You got to show up every day for it. Keep yep. doing it. <laughs> yep. Well, Hey, that's awesome. Uh, I think that's a good place to wrap up. Emily, where can people find more about you and your uh, online program? Yeah, so my website and my social media handle is eatplaybewell. Um, so eatplaybewell.com or at eatplaybewell on Instagram. Those are the best ways to find me. Um, I send out a newsletter once a week that includes um well, it's a newsletter on Wednesdays. And then I also send out a mantra on Mondays, um, just giving people a little bit of food for thought, something to take you through the week, hopefully some self-improvement. Awesome. So, yeah. Very cool. Check her out on Instagram. There's all kinds of great content on there. Um, we'll post Thanks. all that stuff in the uh, on the website and in the show notes. So, Thank all you. right, Emily. Thanks. This was fun. Uh, we'll, Thank we'll talk you. again soon. All right. All right. Take, take care. Mm-hmm. Bye. Thanks for watching and supporting the channel. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Let us know in the comments below what you liked, what you disliked, what you'd like to hear more of, and any questions we can help answer. We appreciate your support, and we look forward to seeing you on the next one.